0: Hello and good morning. It's Monday, June twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is our weekly economic and market commentary for the week beginning today. You can follow me intro week on Twitter at ETF underscore strategist, or just Herb Morgan on LinkedIn. This is our podcast as well. In the podcast is titled Slaying Bulls and Bears. Our tagline is we want to make the complex and complicated simple and sensical. It's available in all standard podcast formats. The presentation you are seeing and or hearing in the case of the podcast listener is designed for use with both investors and financial advisors, each of whom are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this presentation, podcast or commentary Should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Let's get right into it. It was a big whopping good solid up week with many equity indices reaching new all-time intraday and closing highs. The S&P 500 was up almost 3%. Mid and small cap stocks had identical returns of almost 4.5%. Percent last week. International markets participated but continue to lag, which is a theme that's really been going on for a couple of years now as the US went through major structural reforms and capital tax, uh, corporate income tax, and continues to maintain uh, leadership in uh, economic growth and innovation. In the world of bonds, we finally did see rates go a little higher on the 10 year, and that drove the aggregate bond index down. Little less than a half a percent, not big, not much of a big deal, really. The economic data was mostly favorable, but a little bit disappointing relative to expectations. Less last week, let's start with the flash PMI from Marquette on manufacturing. Remember, manufacturing is about 15% of the US economy. June's not quite over, so that's why it's the flash reading. we still got a final reading yet to come. Uh, It was expected to come in at 61.5, came in at 62.6, so better than expected. Continued strong gains in manufacturing. I don't see that ending anytime soon, as I'll explain later with a really interesting graph towards the end of the presentation. Services, about 85% of the U.S. economy, came in at a very high reading but below prior month and below expectations, also a flash reading, obviously, it's intra month, but well above the line of delineation at 50, suggesting a very strong services sector so far in June. We do know, uh, obviously, one of the difficulties for the services sector right now is getting employees back to work, getting them back to work and getting everything started and going. Um, Residential real estate, which we all know has been on a wild tear with price appreciation. We've all enjoyed our balance sheet growth for those of us that own homes, residential real estate. But the volume of sales is continuing to decline despite interest rates remaining at incredibly low levels. Existing home sales in May fell to a 5.8 million annualized rate. This is uh, multiple months, uh, four consecutive months of decline. And really, you can go back about six or seven months. There's been a downward trend. There was a couple of little blips higher, as you can see here. Um, But same thing. uh, Prices are too high for people to qualify for mortgages. Uh, And there's only a couple of months worth of supply on the market to begin with, which is driving the prices even further. And, And unfortunately, for those that aren't in yet, pricing many people out of the market. Same really, the same kind of graph you can see here for new home sales. Uh, They were expected to go up two tenths of a percent. They actually fell almost 6% on top of an almost 8% fall in April on an annualized pace. You know, we've gotten close to that million mark. We're all the way back here to 769,000. Same thing though, limited supply, prices are too high, and the shipping bottlenecks, this is that supply chain issue of getting things you need to build a home out to the home sites, getting trusses, uh, rebar, steel, uh, electrical boxes, you name it, all the stuff you need to build a home, because of the manufacturing bottlenecks supply chain, the massive demand on the reopening of the economy uh, is, had, is also raising you know the price to build homes. So this is a challenge that needs to be worked through for the housing industry, still, 769,000, certainly well above the average you can see here of the last decade of, um, of annualized sales. Weekly claims for unemployment are stubbornly above 400,000. Again, this week, they're at 411. The estimate was for 380. Continuing claims fell, but this number, not really good. And what it says is because it's not really good, that the Fed is going to continue to to keep this accommodative policy, which in a sense is good for investors, we want more people employed. That is the bottom line. And we're willing to maintain this policy of ultra low rates and ultra easy money supply until such time as we see sustained progress. And that in my mind would be sustained initial weekly claims in the lower threes. So we're a long way off from that. Let's switch gears and talk a little bit about new orders for durable goods in the month of may they rose 2.3 percent that was very solid and we had a down month in april which was kind of a surprise you can see on the graph over here all these consecutive months after uh, you know the closures only one down and a solid one commercial airlines big we saw big order news over this last weekend for boeing airplanes as well Um, so this is again talks about the fact that there's plenty of demand and i always i probably said this too many times and I'm boring you. But to understand this recession from last year, you put it in perspective, we've really never had a supply side recession. It's always been a demand side where you lacked aggregate demand. Here, it was, it was, there was plenty of demand. We shut down a very, very robust global economy. And so the demand is still there. On top of that, we, we did something we have never done before, which, just, which basically just give people and businesses money. And that money is, you know, not just money supply. We're talking about fiscal here. Here's a check, right? Stimulus payments. Um, So we have massive demand out there in the economy um, today. We got first quarter GDP, the revision number. uh, It was unchanged at 6.4%. I can tell you that I believe that the quarter that we are in, and we are just winding up this week, the second quarter, we're likely to see that number at, Eight and a half, eight and a quarter to eight and a half percent. So uh, we are getting acceleration in the second quarter as the rate and pace of reopening grows. Personal consumption, uh, obviously a big, big part of that, but obviously in the U.S. And uh, it was a solid number and it was expected number. Personal income and spending for the month of May were reported last week. Personal income was down two percent. Why the fading of stimulus checks uh, for the second consecutive month? Personal spending, however, was unchanged. Personal spending is solid, uh, and but we're seeing a little bit of a rotation out of goods. When we were locked up at home, um, we were buying everything on Amazon, getting goods delivered to our home. Now that we are unlocked and out, uh, we are spending on services. I went to a baseball game um, this past weekend here in San Diego. Saw my Padre. So that spending on services and experiences is really picking up, and. Uh, and so part of the, that is that spending on goods is declining a little bit. Uh, we also got a very important inflation inflation number yesterday or last week, and that is the PCE, personal consumption expenditures. The reason this one is the most important is of all the measures of inflation, this is the one that the Fed uses to determine whether or not they are meeting their self-imposed target. Two percent core PCE inflation. That in May the index rose four tenths of a percent, less than expected, uh, and is up now on a year-over-year basis three point nine percent. Now that far exceeds the two percent target, but the two percent target really applies to core PCE, which backs out the volatile components of food and energy. That is at three point four percent year-over-year. Notice that the rate. Of increase there right as it is tilted a little bit that second derivative the slope has changed a little bit uh and so you, when you take that sort of weak jobs number and a little softer than expected inflation number and all the members of the fed going out on the road pretty much last week and really talking saying hey inflation's transitory it's transitory making sure that inflation expectations don't get out of hand uh that was all the fuel for the rally that the market needed. And that's why we got that big rally um, last week. So a very important data point to continue to watch to understand and know whether or not there'd be any kind of significant pivot in Fed policy. This suggests there certainly will not be at this time. We also heard from the University of Michigan, June Consumer Sentiment, Rose, 85.5 is a little below expectations, but we're crawling our way out of here. I think people are still concerned about price increases. Some people are still concerned about jobs, etc. Some people are still concerned about coronaviruses. Um, But expectations rose. You can see they're a pretty good clip from 79 to almost 84. Now, this is the graph I alluded to at the beginning of the commentary this morning. But as you know, I remain. Bullish, bullish on the equity markets. I've had conversations with many of you calling, wow, that come up so much in a year. Why do you continue to be bullish? And we talk about, you know, massive monetary stimulus, massive fiscal stimulus, a very pro-growth tax policy in the U.S. We haven't changed the tax policy with the new administration and the new Congress. Um, Lots of capital, household balance sheets, incredibly strong. Uh, corporate profits are going to be reported here in a couple of weeks starting in July. We expect them to be extremely good. We expect estimates for GDP to continue to go higher. But this graph, we, this white line represents backlogs. That's you know what a backlog is. It's an order that you, that's not filled. It's waiting to be manufactured and filled. I've shared with you that I'm on the waiting list, and I have been on the waiting list to place my order. Uh, for a new Chevrolet, a Corvette and and uh, i 've been on that list since January, so 's six months on the list, and I still haven 't gotten to the point where I can place the order and that 's a good uh, example of just how much the the, the, the backlogs of orders are so there 's massive demand. Meanwhile, the supply right the supply, the inventories, which is this gold line is continuing to to go down. So more demand, less supply means more economic activity, means more corporate profits. We think more corporate profits ultimately translates into higher stock prices. And I believe during this this earnings season we're about to enter into, I believe profits will exceed expectations and analysts will will scurry to raise those. So this is us coming out of this recession. What about coming out of the last two recessions over the last, two decades. Well, here we go. Go back to 1993, here we are today. You can see, okay, the backlogs coming out, they spiked, right? A little over 60 coming out of the 01 recession. Inventories were at 40. Okay, we got a spike, nearly the spike of today. Backlogs at 71, inventories at 28. That suggests much more massive economic activity lies ahead. Same thing going out of the 08-09 recession, right? You had you had backlogs kind of spike up here uh, into the mid to high 50s. Inventories were in the high 30s. But once again, we know we had great growth coming out of both of those recessions. But that that big massive craw that you see on your screen, why would anybody not want to just remain long and enjoy this economic uh, resurgence for the roaring 20s, whatever you want to call it, uh, we think things are going to be, uh, continue to be pretty good for some, some time. Okay, economic data this week. Uh, nothing really major today on Monday. Uh, house prices from two sources on Tuesday along with consumer confidence. Uh, but then we get into the end of Q2, which means the end of a month, which means the jobs reports. Uh, ADP is expected to come in at 550. The big one, the Bureau of Labor Statistics on Friday, expected to come in at 700. Ne- these are good numbers, they're not great numbers. And, and that's what the market likes. If the markets, if these numbers were out of control, million and a half, two million, Fed would say, well, our job is done here. Let's start raising rates and restricting liquidity. But with these kind of numbers, no. And that's good for the stock market. So we got manufacturing, um, um, Both Marquette and and ISM, those are final numbers of this week. Auto sales on Wednesday or Thursday, rather, along with construction spending, um, trade deficit factory orders. It all, again, it just continues to all be about uh, the Fed and what the Fed is likely to do. The Fed is going to react to the incoming jobs data. They're pretty clear about that uh, and that they're not concerned about the inflation data. So uh, that's the way we need to invest continue to invest for the time being. Um, thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Please uh, give us a thumbs up and a like on your Apple iTunes. It's really, uh, it only takes a second and it's really helpful for us, gets us more subscribers and more people interested in hearing what we have to say out there. Um, thank you all for tuning in. As always, we will talk to you again, hopefully in one week.